Whoop, whoop, whoop. So many exciting things to tell you. I'm going to keep it short and simple. Number one, my book is now free, a digital version of my book, Building Simple Habits to a Healthy Me. You can just sign up and get it for free. Number two, come and say hello on Instagram. I'm having fun on Instagram doing exciting reels. Number three, I have four amazing packages for my Positively Healthy program called Magical May exciting exciting if you want to find out more book a call and let's chat and lastly remember radiate and renew four simple habits simple but mighty habits is starting may the 15th so come and sign up for that I had a miracle cure that would guarantee you and your family living to a ripe old age whilst feeling vigorous, fit and fabulous. Would you be interested? Well, I do. It's called Healthy Living. Hello and welcome to Fit and Fabulous with me, Dr. Orlina Kerrick. Healthy Living for Families Made Easy. Hello and welcome to Fit and Fabulous with me, Dr. Alina Herrick. I hope that you're feeling amazing today. I'm super excited today because we have a wonderful guest called Leslie Davis, who is the author of a book called You Can't Eat Love. And she has an inspiring story to tell you. And I love stories like this because I see so many people who go, I can't do it. I can't make changes. And I chat to people and some people are just stuck in that place of it is too difficult to make changes. And I think if we look at other people and feel inspired by other people and think if they can do it, then so can I. Now, remember, if you would like some help, I am here for you. This is what I do. I make it easy for you. So if you're thinking, yes, I'm inspired. Now is my time to stand up and make those big changes. Then come and book a breakthrough session with me and we will chat and um, see how you can move forwards. Now, on another note, I have also put a new page on my website called Resources. So I have so many handouts for you that I kind of lose track. In fact, they're not even all on this page, but I have put some of them there. So if you go to drorlina.com forward slash resources, do this now. Stop the podcast and make sure you sign up for one of the amazing resources. So there is my roadmap to healthy, amazing you. How to eat 30 grams of fibre a day handout. Are you at risk of diabetes quiz? Why am I so tired quiz? Um, How to book a breakthrough session. And also the link to my magic likes and dislikes exercise. But that is a paid link. But there's lots of free stuff there. And I will be adding more free stuff because I've got a handout for the Mediterranean style diet, which is not there yet. But come and make sure you grab one of those amazing handouts. Okay, let's chat to Leslie. Welcome, Leslie. Hello and welcome to the Fit and Fabulous podcast with me, Dr. Alina Carrick. I'm super excited today because we're talking about one of our, one of my favourite topics, which is our relationship with food. And I am super excited to welcome Leslie Davis. Leslie, thank you so much for being with us today. Well, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited and uh, I love the fact that we've got technology because I'm on one side of the Atlantic and you're on the other side of the Atlantic and yet we can still talk. I know. It's absolutely amazing, isn't it? So Leslie has written a fabulous book called You Can't Eat Love. But before we dive into your book, 
Leslie, I'd love you to introduce yourself. And I know that we're going to talk a little bit about your story. So do you want to just get started and dive right in? That would be great. And again, thank you so much for having me. I am really excited. Um, I love the message that you're getting out to your listeners. Um, It really resonated with me because about um, six years ago, I went on this journey to find myself. I hate using that term, but that's really what it was. I had reached a point in my life where it was either get healthy or or continue down a a really bad path. So I um, decided I was going to get healthy mentally, emotionally, and physically. And part of that was losing weight. I was about 100 pounds overweight. Um, And what I discovered was it was not about dieting, which is something you really speak about. It's not about dieting. It's about our relationship with food. And also what goes on in our mind that has created a relationship with food. So what I discovered was that I needed to learn how to love myself because I was using food as, um, to use the term, as my drug of choice. So I'd love to hear a little bit about this because, well, number one, congratulations, because it is a big transformation to make. And I know that so many people, when they're standing there, it feels like you're on this hamster wheel and going round and round and round and you can't kind of get out of that hamster wheel. So congratulations on making those big changes. But what I'd really love to hear about is, you know, you talk about this food being your drug of choice, but what did that look like for you on a daily basis? Well, what it looked like is when I would feel something, you know, sad or angry or um, even happy, you know, especially the sad and the angry, the way that I would deal with it, it was not dealing with it. And instead, I would look for something that would kill the pain. Um, And I would, you know, go for the chips, I would go for the cookies, I would go for all these things. And at the beginning of my book, I talk about some of the lies that I tell myself. And among those were I'd go to the grocery store, and I'd pick up a pack of 18 cookies. Um, There were these real soft sugar cookies with this icing on top, absolutely amazing cookies, I used to think. And I would eat those. And then I would this wave of shame would come over me because I was secretly eating food. But as I also say in the book, it wasn't a secret because the world could see the outside result of what I was doing, quote unquote, in secret. So instead of dealing with the emotions, even happy, you know, we celebrate with food, right? Happy, happy occasions we celebrate with food. Um, I didn't have any boundaries on the food. So I would use that um, instead of saying, you know what, right now I feel really happy. I think I'm going to celebrate. Right now I feel really sad. I'm going to sit in this sadness for a moment. Why is it that I'm feeling sad? And just, you know, have that that self-discovery conversation. But it was when I started getting brave enough to have a self-discovery conversations with myself that I recognized I didn't need to use the food. I didn't need to eat an entire bag of barbecue potato chips or eat the 18 cookies or the the large pack of Reese's because I recognized that I wasn't going to um, die from feeling 
um, especially sadness and anger. And by learning to name the emotions that I felt, I released the power that I had given food. Fabulous. And so what I'm hearing as well, and I think this is a very common pattern that I see with a lot of people, is you feel your emotion of whatever it is, sadness or anger, then you self-medicate with some food, and then you feel guilty afterwards, which is another emotion. So really, you haven't even achieved your goal of getting to, let's say, a neutral emotion, because what you've actually done is replace it with another negative emotion in terms of if we're going to say happiness is positive. And the other thing I think is really interesting as well is so many people are scared of emotions. You know, it's almost like we have this fear, which is an emotion of negative emotions. And normally what happens when we feel emotion, that big peak of emotion, it doesn't actually last very long. It lasts like 90, 90 seconds, two minutes. Now, obviously, if we've got a thought that's triggering that negative emotion, so say, for example, that thought is, I'm not worthy, and you keep thinking that emo- that thought, you're going to keep triggering that emotion. So it's going to last longer. But that first wave of emotion is just 90 90 seconds, two minutes, which isn't very long at all, really. So how did you get from, okay, this is where I am, self-medicating with food, how did you start to change that process? Well, first I became aware of what I was doing and the way that I had become aware um, was I started tracking what I was eating because I was trying to lose the weight. And I was also doing some journaling. So I would write down, you know, how I felt just having conversations with myself and not really focusing on the emotions. And I started becoming aware that when I would be feeling certain ways, this is what would happen. So I had to I had to do things that were conscious so that I could discover what I was doing unconsciously. And I talk about um, even if you just sit down and write three pages, and I'm not talking about, you know, an A4 page. I'm talking about just, you know, it's three small pages um, each morning or at certain time each day and have a conversation with yourself. You can discover, like I did, you can discover what is going on in your head. And it's sort of like um, when you buy a red car, all of a sudden you see red cars everywhere. And so I started becoming aware, okay, when I feel sad, this is what happens next. All right, so what can I do to make a different choice? And I would start experimenting with different things that I could do. And I discovered, as you said, you know, the the thought, the feeling lasts about 90 seconds. And if I could survive that 90 seconds, then I could make a different choice. Because what I discovered was I was trying to run from the feeling. I didn't know how to cope with the feeling. So many times when we're growing up, when we feel sad or we tell our parents or we tell an adult we feel sad, they tell us you should not feel that way. Well, then we don't know what to do with that because that is how we feel. That is our legitimate feeling. We either feel afraid, we feel scared, we feel sad, we feel lonely. And 
these people who should know are telling us we shouldn't feel this way. Well, then what do we do with that? So I had to learn to not be afraid to feel those things and that it was okay. Um, And I had to start honoring the feelings. But at the same time, I had to become aware this is what I'm feeling. And one of the ways that I became aware of those feelings was by, you know, having written conversations with myself. You talked about the hamsters on the wheel earlier. I talk about that all the time uh, because when we don't allow ourselves to acknowledge and be aware of those things, they do become hamsters that are on wheels and they run around and around and around in our head And they do all kinds of damage in their running, um, which is not helpful. And if we're trying to achieve a lifestyle of healthiness and happiness, uh, the way that we do that is by acknowledging and honoring those negative feelings and recognizing we can sit in that moment. And if we sit in that moment and we say to ourselves, of course, you feel that way. This is what's going on. So why wouldn't you feel that way? Then we can start moving forward because we've honored it instead of trying to stuff it into a closet, you know, one of those overstuffed closets. And then you're trying to squish the door shut. And And then everything comes tumbling out. (laughs) I love that analogy. I love that analogy. So, yeah, to recap for people who are listening. The way I think about emotions is there's three things that we can do with emotions. Number one, we can act from that emotion. So say, for example, you're feeling angry, acting from that place of emotion is looks like shouting, screaming, throwing things, however it manifests for you. Number two, we can distract ourselves. So you sort of feel this little bit of emotion and think, I'm going to do something else. And sometimes you can do that in a healthy way. So for example, you can think, well, I'm beginning to feel a little bit sad and I don't want to feel sad. So I'm going to put on some happy music and I'm going to dance for five minutes and I'm going to change my energy. So there are positive ways of being able to distract yourself. But so frequently we turn to those not so healthy ways, such as eating. There are other things as well. And then the third thing that we can do is sit with that emotion. And that sounds so amazingly scary and foreign because, as you say, our parents are telling us, you know, you don't want to feel that emotion or they try and fix it. And we have this cultural idea that we don't ever want to feel those negative emotions, that really what we want is just happy emotions the whole time. And feeling it, what does that look like? Well, they come in waves. So you sit and you feel that emotion. And after a period of time, it disappears. But it's a much quicker route to clear that emotion than to sort of what I call go down that negative plug hole. So what does that look like? That looks like something not great happens. And instead of working your way through it, you sort of push it aside, but then it creeps up a little bit. You push it aside and then it creeps up a little bit and you're spiraling down this negative plug hole. So you're sort of mulling it over. And instead of clearing it in a couple of minutes, a week later on, it's still with you. And you're thinking, oh, my friend told me this and I got really upset about it. A week later on, it's still eating me up. And that's not where we want to be. We want to get to this position of, hey, I feel this emotion, feel it, move on. So I'd like to ask you, how does your life look like now, you know, fast forwarding and you've gone through all of this 
work, this inner sort of self-exploration work, what's life like now? Well, life is significantly better because um, I have learned what I call putting my own oxygen mask on first. I have learned that despite the fact that I am around people, surrounded by people who don't know how to acknowledge emotions, that I now have the language when they are trying to say, you should not feel X way. I now have the language to say, I hear what you are saying. However, at this moment, this is how I am feeling. I'm not asking you to fix it. I'm not asking you to do anything. I'm simply asking you to acknowledge that you hear what I'm saying. Um, For example, just yesterday, I had to say to my husband, I'm feeling very sad because of these things that are happening. And he tried to start fixing it. And I said, no, I'm not asking you to fix this. I just need you to hear what I'm saying. And so I've I've learned to not be afraid to verbalize to other people um, how I'm feeling. But at the same time, I've learned to be kind to myself and say, well, of course, you're feeling sad. Um, These are the events that are coming up. Uh, These are the things that have happened in the past. And you know what? This is okay. So what do you need to do to take care of yourself at this time? And then at the same time, I celebrate when I do recognize that I'm feeling sad. And instead of going for the cookies or the candy or the chips, I celebrate. You know what? You felt really sad, but you didn't do these things. So that is amazing. And I am so proud of you because I also discovered We need to celebrate the things that we want to continue and ignore the things that we want to stop. So if I do happen to eat candy when that really wasn't a great choice, I ignore that. I say, okay, this is what happened. You made a choice. We're moving on. But like yesterday, when I made the choice to not go for the candy and instead to feel what I was feeling, I celebrated after I felt it and I felt much better. I said, you know what? I'm so proud of you. You allowed yourself to be sad. You allowed yourself to experience it. You shared that with your husband. That is so amazing. I am so proud of you. And then I'm reinforcing those habits uh, because they are habits. Um, You know, we, if, if you look at, um, Our society, when someone feels sad or they feel angry or even they feel happy, what are we doing? We're shoving food at them. And people say, well, this is how so-and-so shows love. No, I'm sorry. It really is not. It's how so-and-so shows control. (laughs) It's not really love. And some of my least favorite commercials over here in the U.S., one of them is a Kit Kat commercial where a child is in the bathroom with the door shut and they feel sad. And the mother pushes a Kit Kat under the bathroom door. And I'm thinking a better commercial would be, I'm sorry, you're feeling sad. Can you tell me more about it? Um, Because or even, you know, you're feeling happy. Exactly. Give them a hug or you're happy and you're celebrating. Let's give a hug. Let's, you know, do high fives. Let's do something other than turning to food. Absolutely. Well, I totally agree. And I think that celebrating our wins is 
absolutely the way to move forwards. And I think we're so we set ourselves these goals. And, you know, what does that goal look like? Okay, I'm going to improve my relationship with food. And we start making progress to towards this goal. But we're always so hard on ourselves. And we've we get to a new level of like, this is what it's like now, but we don't congratulate ourselves. We don't celebrate. We just push ourselves forwards and push ourselves forward. So I love that your big piece of advice is to celebrate these things and ignore the things that that don't go well, because so often people then go, oh, you know what? I did this eating candy and now I'm going to beat myself up about it. Now, one thing I would also say is if you're going to eat candy, be 100% in and enjoy it. Like, that's the point. We only eat candy for enjoyment. It's, it doesn't really have any nutritional value. So if you're going to do it, do it knowing that, hey, I'm doing this for enjoyment and I am going to enjoy it and really enjoy it and don't beat yourself up afterwards. But you can program it into your, if you're trying to lose weight, you can program it into your, you know, the way that you want to eat. So any other advice for people who are standing in that place and it just feels like they've got this huge, great mountain to climb. They've got, they know that they've got this emotional connection to food, that their voice is talking to them in a harsh way. What would you say to those people who are standing there now? Well, I would say to those people that first thing to recognize is there, um, you don't fall off the wagon. Um, you do not uh, cheat. If you're trying to lose weight, remove the word cheat from your vocabulary. Okay, you can cheat three ways. One is on taxes. The other is on a test. And the third way is on your significant other. Anything else is not cheating. It's a choice. Okay. So what I, what I talk about is um, there are good choices, there are bad choices, and they're not so great. There are good choices, great choices, and not so good choices. I don't even have the word bad. And so if you make a choice, which is what we decide to do when we uh, are having a bad time and we decide we're going to eat candy or cookies or whatever, we're making a decision. It's a choice. So say to yourself, okay, this is what I chose to do. Take your power back. Because when we say that we cheated, we fell off the wagon, whatever, then we are giving away our power to something else. So take your power back. I made a choice. I made a choice. Was it a good choice? Maybe not. But you know what? Next time I'll make a different choice. And then I discovered that if I set little tiny goals, um, if it was, you know, lose one or two pounds a week, if it was to uh, recognize when I was feeling something instead of going for food, this is what I was going to do. And then I would set small rewards for myself each time I achieved those objectives. And the the reward could be anything from uh, maybe getting a new lipstick or just, you know, dancing around like crazy to my favorite songs on uh, the radio uh, with it turned up full blast, you know, to taking a walk, watching a movie, you know, some kind of little tiny reward. But I would write them down. I would write down, you know, what my goal, what my objective was. Not all of them were related to waste, uh, to weight loss. Some of them were related to behavior. Because truthfully, when we go on this journey, we've got to change the behavior that got us here in the first place. So if we reward the behavior that we're trying to transition to, then it makes it easier to repeat that behavior. 
one of my favorite books is you're going to think I'm crazy is don't shoot the dog. And it's about training animals, but it opened up my eyes to how we really work because if we reinforce the behaviors that we want to continue and ignore the stuff that we don't want to continue, then it makes it easier to transition to those healthy behaviors because really losing weight is not the end game. The end game is to change our relationship with food so that we are not constantly on a diet. We want to live a different lifestyle. So I don't even talk about dieting, really. Um, it's, a, it's a lifestyle. This is the life that I choose to live now. This is the way that I live. I make these healthier choices. I make choices. I take my power back some days. You know, I make a choice to have candy. Some days I make a choice to have cookies. And as you mentioned, if we're going to make the choice to have it, let's be all in on it. Don't lie to yourself because we do that too. And when we're lying to ourselves, there really there are three people. There's me, myself, and I. Those are the only three people. Me and myself want us to be happy, and I sees everything. So me and myself like to lie to us. And I is sitting there saying, I see what's going on. But as I mentioned earlier, when we make these other choices to not live a healthy lifestyle, the outside world sees the result. So the only person we're fooling is ourselves. So I say, you know, let's let's make a choice to live a healthy lifestyle. And that's something that you talk about all the time is it's a lifestyle. It's not a diet. You know, we've got to change the relationship. Absolutely. I totally agree. So here's another question. Do you think it was worth it? So thinking about those people who are standing there going, I know I could make changes and I could be more healthy, but I also know that that means doing things differently. Is it worth it? Was it worth it for you? 100% it was worth it. 100% it was worth it. Um, because to tell you the honest truth, today is my 64th birthday. Happy birthday. Uh, well, thank you very much. Uh, but the reason I say it is worth it is I'm 64 years old. I'm in better health, better shape, better condition, better everything than I was even just five years ago. It is absolutely worth it. I am living a better life than I was. My joints don't hurt. I can move up and down. I do weightlifting. I do, you know, I do all kinds of things. Scuba dive, hot air ballooning, all this stuff, because I'm able to move better in the body that I have. Um, now, I will tell you this. And when we, when we as individuals decide to go on a different journey, the people around us oftentimes don't like the change. And when I began my journey, I didn't tell anybody that I was going on the journey because I didn't want, I didn't want the diet police to be coming out. So I did, um, you know, follow some guidelines and programs and things like this, but I didn't tell anyone I was going on the journey. Now, people started noticing changes, but they couldn't figure out what was going on. And sometimes I would get pushback because I started making healthier choices in the food that I ate. So as a consequence, the food that was being served in the house was changing and just other things were changing. But if we decide why we are going on the journey, why? And I, I ask people to get really crystal clear on why they're going on the journey. And it needs to be about 
your personal why and have nothing to do with your weight or anyone else. And the reason that I say get so crystal clear on it is because on those days when it's a struggle, on those days when you feel like it's not worth it, you circle back around to why, and that's going to keep you moving forward. Because just like when you travel down a freeway, the road is not straight. The road is not flat. You run into traffic jams, you go up and down hills, you go around curves, and sometimes you have to backtrack in order to get where you're going. But the reason that you stay in that car, the reason you keep moving forward is because of where you're going and why you are going there. And understand, it's about the journey. It's not so much the destination. So be really clear on why you're doing this, and then you can do it. Yes, I 100% agree. And I love it. I love it. So tell us about your book. Um, Well, the book, I started writing it um, because I kept repeating myself. And people would (laughs) ask me, you know, well, how do you do this? And I talk in stories. So I just I decided, okay, well, this has got to get out. And I sat down and I just started writing it. So really the book, You Can't Eat Love, is about all of the lessons that I learned on this journey. And um, I realized that other people could probably benefit from the mistakes that I made, from the stories that I told myself that were not true. And I talk from the very beginning, I'm very honest in it and I'm very raw. And I talk about the lies that I told myself. I talk about the, you know, how I used to play games in my head. Um, The main theme that runs through the whole book is driving on a freeway. You know, that we hit traffic jams, just like in life. When you're on the road, you hit a traffic jam. What do you do when you hit a traffic jam? You do not park your car. You do not get out and you do not walk home. So I repeat that theme through the entire book and encourage people to recognize the the traffic jams that you run into in life. For example, um, happy or celebratory occasions, family members and friends that can trigger not so great uh, reactions and how to plan and prepare. I talk a lot about how to plan and prepare and practice, how to practice for these things that you know that are going to come up. Because, you know, even actors, when they go onto a stage, they do a lot of practicing. And I recognize that as we are trying to change our life, we've got to practice so that we're prepared. Now, we may not be perfect, and that is okay, but we probably do better than if we had not practiced. And then I also talk about how we drive down muddy roads, you know, because those old habits are just like a muddy road. You know, they're deep ruts. Our tires fit very nicely in those deep ruts. We don't have to make any choices or decisions, and we go down that muddy road real nicely. So I talk about how when we are building new habits, we're driving down that muddy road. So we've got to go slowly. And as we go slowly and we keep doing it over and over, we build more ruts and we start filling in those old ruts. Now, one thing that I did discover, much to my chagrin, is all these old habits that we built and we created, they don't go away. (laughs) They're simply waiting to return. And that's why if we lose sight of why we are on this journey it's easy to fall off 
into those muddy ruts, into those old ruts, and pick right back up where we left off. Now, one thing that really spoke to me, and I kept playing it over and over in my mind the other day, um, you were talking about how you lose 10 pounds. And part of that is muscle and part of that is fat. And if you're working out, you know, you're gaining a little bit of muscle. Well, then you go back to your old ways. Well, what you're doing is you're putting on 10 pounds of fat. And that was extremely eye-opening to me because it explains so well why when we fall off, when we, you know, give up the healthy lifestyle that we began, why we put on so much more than we did when we lost, you know, the amount that we lost. So I just say, you know, recognize this is a journey. Yes, you may slip, you may, you know, go back to some of your old habits, but pick yourself back up. Don't give up on yourself. You know, think about that traffic jam. You do not park your car, you do not get out and you do not walk home. So give yourself that same gift. Fabulous. And I think you have a a gift for people that they can connect with you. Do you want to tell us a bit about that? Yes, yes. Uh, For your listeners, you can get a free download of my workbook, and that's on my website. So that's www.youcanteatlove.com forward slash fit and fabulous. Fabulous. Thank you so much. And I'll leave a link in the show notes as well. Okay, great, great. Perfect. But that way you can get a download of the workbook. Fabulous. Thank you so much. And any last words of wisdom for people? Well, the main thing that I learned and that I usually share with people is to understand you just as you are, you are enough. You don't need to be anything else. You are enough just as you are. Thank you so much for coming and chatting to us today. Well, thank you so much for having me. I enjoyed it. So there you go. Thank you so much, Leslie, for sharing your inspiring story. Now, remember to go and grab her handout and remember If you are ready to step up and make big changes in your life and for it to be easy and you'd like some help, then come and book your free breakthrough session with me. Remember, you can get all my resources at drorlina.com forward slash resources. And you can also, there's a link there to book that call. See you next week. Goodbye.